Hey everybody and welcome to episode 4 of Run Chat. It's Billy and it's John and no Brian. Brian is uh, taking vacation. He's so exhausted from our first three episodes and the marathon which he ran this past weekend. You didn't see John do air quotes on vacation there. Uh, you did not. Brian is definitely coming back. He is. So, But we are actually, luckily enough, we are at, uh, hanging out with our good friend Anthony from Sound Lounge. So we've upped our game as far as our studio. That is true. Uh, from uh, Brian's apartment. So a lot nicer digs, I must say. No offense, Brian. We love your refrigerator and uh, all your medals and, <laughs> and bibs on there. But this is a, a sweet. We've really upped up to ante here so hopefully we could uh bring some noise and and, and also some funk. Sh- share and some funk and share some wisdom because folks just ran a marathon and yes the biggest question is now what yeah that's the question on my mind so yes it's there's uh some people don't we don't, usually don't talk about this but they train for four or five months for the marathon this in this case there's the tcs new york city marathon but any marathon there's usually that kind of decent sized training window and like whether you're in the virtual trainer getting a daily email every week or talking to your coach or meeting your running group. A daily email every week. A daily a daily email every year. It's really very, <laughs> very effective. Uh, but it, you get your daily email um, each day. And then all of a sudden it stops. Your training program's over. You ran the race. And so people will get depressed because it's you know they had a goal and they were so focused. And all of a sudden that came and went and it was a great experience. But they're so used to looking forward to a certain training email or a certain group or for, especially for first timers, it's such a new and exciting journey, and all of a sudden it's come and gone, and they're like, "Uh oh, what now?" And I bet that's especially true for people who miss their goal. Like, if you had a goal and you made your goal, that's great, right? You know, five months of training, perfect. Uh, but if you had an A, B, and C goal, and then all of a sudden C went out the window, and you were looking at like the D goal that you didn't even consider, then it's like, well, what was those four or five months for? Yeah, and then I think if you run shorter races, like, a, you know, I ran 800 meters in, in high school and college and beyond. And so you can run 800 meters each every day if you had to. Um, so they would say you're only as good as your last race. So you just run one the next week and kind of erases that maybe that bad race. But the marathon, the pros are only running once, once one or two a year, if that. Um, and the rest of us should be, shouldn't be running too many marathons. But, yeah, you might have a bad taste in your mouth from your result, and then you can't you shouldn't be running one next week. Uh, so that's definitely something to definitely to talk about because if you didn't hit your goal, you kind of want to kind of erase that bad result and have a clean slate and run something else. And if it's the marathon distance, you do have to wait, I would say, at least six months before running another proper marathon and or even definitely need to recover, which is what people should be doing this week is to recover um, and kind of bask in all the glory, wear their medal for a couple of days. Recover is my favorite part of the marathon. It's great just not running and eating everything go back to whatever you gave up if you did give up anything yeah like i was like i'm gonna have a whopperito today the the burger king monstrosity that is a burger and a burrito combined together and i was like i just ran a marathon why not tricky thing is people do that for too long and all of a sudden like maybe the 10 or 15 or pounds they might have lost in a marathon cycle comes right back pretty quickly then we go right into the holidays yeah don't, don't eat waparitos on a daily basis that's just a whole other story but really recovery uh is very important and um that can mean different things to different people so if you're meb you probably can run the next day and uh, not be fine but uh your recovery you, you, it might be a five mile run whereas most of us 
Like I took two days off. I ran the marathon this past. Uh, I can't believe you took two days off. That sounds insane to me. Like do you, do you, do you, not enough. Or? I took two hours off. Oh well. Well, you should be starting to walk <laughs> and do some recovery right away, as far as keeping moving. If you don't do anything, like it does, that does kind of stunt some of the recovery. But uh, it all depends how your legs are doing. If you if you had a lot of folks might have had a cramp, a, you know, hamstring mm. cramp or a calf issue, a specific muscle issue, or they were battling some injuries, you know, late in the game, and they just kind of like took a couple of days off or a couple of weeks off and cross trained and then ran the marathon anyway. So if you have an injury, you definitely there's a whole other rehab component to it. Going to a doctor, finding out what the, was wrong. If you maybe have a stress fracture or something, but just general soreness, usually that goes away for me anyway. The, the first day is the next the day after the race is I'm I'm, I'm struggling, and then sometimes it's even worse the second day. Mm. But the, by the evening of that second day, I definitely start feeling. I kind of turn the corner there, and I start feeling better. And then um, it, I do enjoy just not having that structure. But people. Kind of, um, if they're not Type A already, they become Type A with the marathon training, and they're used to that structure. And it's, I think, it's nice to not to have that structure for a while. And some people don't know what to do to themselves without having that set goal. The Whopper burrito, obviously, is something that that you definitely should consider as one of your recovery methods. But um, you definitely should recover. There's one rule of thumb you hear: you should take one day off uh for every mile you've raced now i think that's a little drastic that's that's almost a month yeah so but i don't think you should run hard for at least two weeks you should take that one week of walking hydrating uh, hydrating of course uh that's part of the recovery is actually proper fuel so you know a a five-day you know beer binge you know this might good for celebratory reasons but uh, and there's some recovery there uh, but not too much obviously dehydration is not the best but um Cross training, swimming, you know, getting on a bike, making sure your legs are moving. Um, again, I ran the third day, and which was a couple of days ago, and feel pretty good now. But if it's usually it's it's different the recovery plan if you've battled an injury mm. versus just general soreness. But I wouldn't run a race for a while. Like you know, you probably don't want to run a serious race for a month. Maybe uh, I probably won't do intervals. If I do them next week, I'll probably do them really easy. I won't. You know, I'm more just for the routine to get back into that gotcha. kind of routine, but not. Uh, I would. I won't be running hard next week. Maybe by the third week, I might do some intervals at a hard pace. Yeah, I usually take two weeks off completely from the marathon after the marathon, and not run at all. Though this year, by Friday, less than a week, I was running three miles, um, and felt good. Not good enough to say go out and run a 10k tomorrow, but uh, good enough to say, well, you know, my body feels good. I was able to to do some. Um, you know, some uh, strides during that those three miles, so that was nice. It also helps that the weather is just perfect for running this week, at least That's here true. in New York. Yeah. Um. So it just wants to get you out there in the nice fresh air, and the leaves are changing, so it's a good, it's a fun time of the year for running, uh, as far as like not too hot, not too cold. But uh, the mental component of it, of not having that focus, I think some people get bummed out, like, oh, this went, you know, I was so focused on this, whether it was raising money for charity and obviously getting the long runs in, and the people you met along that training journey. And it's easy to kind of be like kind of bummed out. So the, the kind of void to fill, you, you might you know sign up for another race, which is fine. Just make sure that race is not any time in the near future, especially if it's longer than a half marathon or you know half marathon or or marathon distance. But uh, yeah, like enjoy that that freedom of not having that structure. You know, take a class. You always say nothing new on race day or nothing new on race week. Even the last month or so. 
you know, I tell runners not, you know, don't try that new spin class. or don't, right. All of a sudden you start going to start going to boxing class. Like <laughs> you want to, like, as you get closer to the race, you don't want to, you're doing just running stuff and really focused. So do things that maybe you thought maybe you couldn't do at the end of the cycle. So you know, that's trying different things. Um, and then signing up for a race in the future is obviously helps to kind of fill that void. But I find it tough to kind of jump right back into a training cycle because then you might, your legs might feel good a week later, but the mental thing of, Oh, I got four more long runs. You know, that can be arduous and that can be a little tedious at times. And you start counting back. You want to have that mental freshness too, mental recovery versus, um, and not just that kind of physical component. And speaking of the marathon itself, how was your marathon, John? It was great. I was pacing uh Neve from that show catfish and, uh, he ran 334 last year, and we were able to run 321. Nice. So he had a you know, nice little PR there, and um, that's a 13 minute PR. That's yeah, a so, nice jump. Yeah, I mean he's a pretty talented runner, for, especially for someone who's so naive. Get that? Ah, I did. Get but that. new to running, and so he, he I think he has aspirations to break to break three. And I we talked about. It, I said he definitely could break three in his lifetime. We just not the next time out. So yeah, fact that we took 12, to 13 minutes off three, it would be. A yeah. Giant and we were struggling. Jump. He, he had some, um, you know, he probably could have used a little more volume in his training. I think mm. he started his cycle a little bit late. So we did some intervals and, but if you want to break three, you need to be doing intervals each week and, and tempos and more structure, which we'll talk about probably in our next podcast. Mm. But, um, but that was a beautiful day. The weather was, was perfect. Um, you know, we struggled the last couple of miles, but again, it's the marathon. Uh, how about your? How, how was your day? How did, how did it unfold out there? Well, we were talking about people coming off injuries, and I'm definitely coming off an injury. I my training was sabotaged by a sprained ankle in June. I spent most of the summer not running, which was pretty good since it was so hot out. Um, but I went into the marathon with my goal, two goals: negative split, have a great time, and achieve both goals. I started out doing a 10-minute mile. For the first half, I had to constantly look at my watch and remind myself to slow down, because um, especially on the Verrazano Bridge, runners were just zooming by me, and I had to keep telling myself, "Don't get caught up in this. Don't get, get caught up in this." Even if I was doing like a 9:45, I was like, "That's 15 seconds that I'm going to have to go even faster in the second half if I want a negative split." So I kept trying to bring it to 10 minutes or slower. And it was awesome. I, I to slow myself down, I stopped to high five like a thousand kids. You know, you you do one and they just go like dominoes. Hands just come out. It was I, I saw friends along the course who I hugged. I saw Brogan and Greenpoint gave him a huge hug. Um, it, it was it was spectacular. Yeah, New York's a great race, especially if you you know if you're well. Some people are coming off Chicago, so they're doing New York as a kind of a, a fun long run. Mm. Uh, this year they had, they had four weeks break versus the three typically, with, so that worked out okay. But um, if you if you're coming off an injury or just maybe if you're not as fit as you want to be, it is a nice race to kind of celebrate the city and just enjoy the crowds. Yeah. Uh, so I'm glad you were able to do that. This is my slowest New York City marathon. It's my eighth one, my slowest one, but easily the my favorite one. And uh, so how many minutes did you negative split by? Uh, about nine, between nine and ten. Wow. So you obviously were passing all those people that were passing you in the beginning. I had a friend who passed me at mile three, and he was like, oh, I'll run with you for a little bit. I said, look, I'm doing like a 10-minute mile. He's like, yeah, yeah, I'll hang out with you for a bit. Hang out with me for maybe 100, 100 meters. And I was like, all right, I'm going to take off. And I said, yeah, no problem. And then caught him at mile 23. He was hurting? Yeah, yeah. We were at, uh, maybe 24. We were in the park, and, uh, and I was like, hey, what's up? <laughs> like, oh, my, and all uh... I heard was, ah. <laughs> Yeah, we actually, I was hoping to run a, like closer to at least a positive, uh, you know, more of an even split. We had actually an eight-minute 
uh, positive split, which is my biggest in my pacing duties. I've typically done a negative split or maybe a, a less than two minute positive, which is still pretty good on New York because the hills come in the second half of the most of the hills come in the second half. But uh, we were a little aggressive, and I think you know we pushed it a little bit early, um, and that we definitely lost about six minutes this last three miles. But again, the the volume wasn't there that, that we needed for that pace, and so I think it was still a pretty successful race just because. You know, 22 miles of it was pretty good, and then we just gradually got tired of those last three miles, four miles. But uh, beautiful day. The city was great. Uh, I'd like to race my own marathon in the near future. I'm running Paris in April, Ooh, so exciting. maybe that'll be something I can actually just run my pace and enjoy it. And Although when you're running faster, or you're really, again, I was holding back a little bit because I was pacing, you do miss some of the, you know, you were able to enjoy the city. If I'm running Paris and trying to focus on a time, especially towards the end, it might just be, be, just be this beautiful scenery and epic views, but you're like trying to hold it together <laughs> and focus, look at the ground, focus on your form. So that there is the drawback of uh, some of that, when, especially in the big city marathoning when you're, you know, it's not there, you're not there for a tour, you're there to run a certain time. So it's good to see that you were able to hold back and, and, and really enjoy it, which was one of your goals. As much as I'd like to run the Paris Marathon, my favorite thing to do in Paris is to walk around eating baguettes and stopping at cafes for wine. And I feel like that would get in the way of my stopping in cafes for wine. Yeah, although you know, I know there's the wine glass, isn't there? A, or there's also like Bordeaux, there's a marathon where there's, I mean, people run eight, seven or eight hours instead of their typical three or four <laughs> hours. There's a reason for that. But they, they get lost. <laughs> get lost because they're off course, maybe a little uh, intoxicated, but... My watch just told me to move, so wow. I'm just going to move my arms. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, Christian is always running. <laughs> you can't see it because we don't have video yet uh, here in Sound Lounge, but um, John is actually doing laps around the studio. Yes, I'm, I'm breathing a little heavy. So if you hear him getting away and closer to the microphone, that's why. That's what it is. But what are some of the, the common questions uh, you get from, from maybe newbie, newbies who just ran their first marathon in recovery? Uh, or, you know, is it injury specific? Is it when can I race again? I know we posted a, uh, something in our, on our Facebook page about maybe seeing what questions folks might have specifically because we'd love to make sure we get to those folks' uh, questions and then make sure that they're ready for their next task at hand. Definitely. We got a great question from Jessica who asked, what are some coping strategies in dealing with pain when you're running a marathon? Things to get you refocused, uh, slash distracted, etc. Great. Well, actually, it's funny because I, I I was pacing Neve, but I told Neve at the start. I said, "Hey, I'll be here, be with you. I'm here for you." But for some reason, you know, just it's still a marathon. Marathons are hard. Doesn't mean it was easy for me. Right. And so I said, if I have a problem with with you know, I don't know, my stomach or a certain muscle is acting up, like he does not wait for me. You know. So sure enough, mile five, my calf was starting to tighten up oh no and i've also you know, i worked three days at the expo and talking to people and not hydrating doing everything you're not supposed to do <laughs> but um so i'm like here great here i am I'm supposed to pace i'm only going to make five miles <laughs> so what i was doing again that was more of a muscle thing where i wanted to make sure i was in control i was just focusing on my form making my foot strike and actually cutting away kind of turned like tuning out the crowd because i needed to focus on my own body and be within myself. And one thing I've learned, which I don't know how effective it is, but maybe it's probably a mental exercise where your as I'm breathing in, I'm trying to get, I'm kind of getting all the oxygen down to my calf. Mm. And it's just more of a, getting your breathing on rhythm, but just try to, in a way, kind of, whether it's blood flow or getting more tension in my body is directing towards the issue, the, the part of the body that's having the issue. And I was able to kind of work through that. Um, and again, I was mentally, I was fine. 
Uh, I wasn't tired because it was only mile five. So that's something where sometimes you can have like a problem early in the race and you kind of have to manage it. And that whether it's an injury coming off, you already have, an, you have a plantar issue, you have a Achilles issue and it flares up because you've been battling it. Now, I wasn't battling any calf soreness or issues the whole training cycle. But sure enough, here it is, mile five, and I had to really kind of, in a way, will that tightness away and whether it was getting blood flow to the area with my mental powers at least that's I was what I was telling myself Jessica might be talking about you know maybe later in the race where you're really just kind of making deals with the devil and you're really trying to focus <laughs> on like everything feels terrible the downhills feel terrible the hills feel terrible that is actually that that's when I really focus on which actually I guess I did at mile five with this go around is really focus on my form mm. and I went what that means is elbows straight back and keeping your head up tall because you can't see now in the studio but when you get tired Everyone kind of breaks down a different way, but they're usually their momentum is going side to side. Their arms might come up, their shoulders get tight. In my case, especially all my head will kind of go side to side, and so my momentum is going left and right versus straight. And so when I say form, 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 it, a, it distracts me, distracts me mentally. Even if I say form, 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 those five seconds, I'm not thinking about how bad I feel. I'm thinking about my form, and sometimes that's enough to kind of get you out of one of those bad pockets of. You know, because these ebbs and flows throughout a marathon, especially towards the end, you know, one mile might feel awful, and the next mile feels okay. Kind of that ebb and flow as the race develops. But I'm always bringing myself back to my form, uh, and I was able to do that in mile five with my calf um, and manage that situation. But towards the end, when everything's screaming at you, you know, elbows back, up tall. I, and I say that in, if if you ever work out with me on Tuesdays doing intervals. I'm constantly saying form, form, form. It's just to kind of get you to be one with your body. I think you were about saying forum. Forum. There is a forum that we like to, to ask questions on, but usually it's about form. Mm. But if you just say, you know, focus on form, that that's kind of my mantra. It's just to kind of that just kind of resets you and makes you think about your form. So maybe you're a little at least you're you're that a little bit more efficient in that in that mile or in that minute in the, or that thirty seconds. And sometimes that's enough to kind of uh, at the very least, it distracts you from that pain for that 30 seconds. And that maybe doesn't fix the, what's going on in the race. But form is another thing that I say as a mantra. That's something to kind of help battle through some of those tough spots. I don't know if you have a tactic that you use if you're in the pain or the hurt locker or the pain zone. <laughs> I, I talk to myself a lot. And I don't mean internal monologue. I mean external. Out loud? Out loud, people turning around. and uh, Excuse me? Uh, were you talking to me? Yeah. Yeah. Usually they just turn around and look at me a little funny and then keep going. They, they might even speed up a little, so I'm helping other people get faster. But I'll, I'll usually say, like, come on, Billy, or, you know, come on. And then if somebody turns around, I'll say, oh, no, I was talking to myself. Um, <laughs> My name's Billy also. <laughs> but I find that is the best way, especially late in the race when you're dealing with mental exhaustion and, you know, at mile 24 when when you're just trying to get through. Like, I, I, I talk myself through... Um, if, if my hamstring is acting up and like, you know, it's, it's usually not positive talk. I'm like, oh, come on. But, uh, I'll, I'll, and with something like that, I'll rub my leg and just try to work through it. And I'll say to myself, like, work through it, work through it. Um, but with negative splitting, I know you're not supposed to look at your watch constantly when you're running a race and just race by feel. But for negative splitting that first half of the race, I was constantly looking at my watch just to make sure that I wasn't getting caught up into the crowd and making sure that I was keeping to that conservative pace. Yeah. And one point is I know this race has come and gone, but I know some people I've coached where they have a bad first 5K or a bad mile seven, 
and you can't get negative there because typically you're not you're fine you're not yeah you're not like getting unless you went way too fast at mile seven you should still feel like you're you're cruising but there's definitely times where it takes you a while to get going um you don't even want to be on pace right away anyway and if you have a bad mile seven you want to live in that present but it doesn't mean mile eight's going to be bad now if mile 23 is bad probably 24 is going to be bad too because <laughs> you're that late in the race but as far, as far as mental kind of you know i will get mad at myself like come on must calf come on you're failing me you gotta you're better than this you think about all the workouts you've done yeah. especially in the rain or when you skipped a party uh, I know folks will dedicate a mile of each of the race to each per, like a certain person. That's nice. So mile 18 is like ah oh, my third grade teacher or whatever it is or my mom on mile 24. So um, and people do that with people that are spectating on the course. Oh, you know November Project was mile 10. I'm excited to see them. Let's get there. And oh, I have some friends at mile 18. But totally. the dedication to each mile, I actually haven't done that. But uh, that that some people think that's quite effective as far as you know being inspired by someone that helped them along their training journey. So. You know, maybe someone you really love or really hate for mile 24, 25, 26, depending on, like, what your tactic is with uh, dedicating a mile to someone. My my wife uh, plants herself right at mile 25 every year, and that is perfect because you do not want to take a walking break as you're passing your wife who's cheering you on. You want to look strong, and that really gets me going in that mile 24 to 25. Um, And then... Also, late in the race, if, if I'm close to a time goal, not this year, obviously, but if I'm close to a time goal, um, if, say, it's mile 23, I'll do the math in my head and say, all right, like right, I've, I've got like a 30-second window where I can slow down off pace. Uh, so that means no walking. Like, you can't give in to the pain. Right. And then you start convincing yourself, like, if I can do this, I've got two miles left. And if right. I can do this... I, you know, I've got one mile left and, and you just uh, really just get inside yourself. And I think that's why, like, I have a hard time finding people, even if I know where they're going to be miles 21 through 24, I have a hard time ever seeing them because I get so inside right. myself during that part of the race. Yeah. And when you're t- late in the race, I'm just form. Every step is form, form, form. When you're so focused on that, you're looking straight ahead. You're not looking side to side. Um, but again, that's what makes marathons so great is they're hard. You know, I, I said this over and over again in the core strategy that, that we were doing at the expo is marathon pace isn't hard. It's just hard to do for 26.2 miles. Yeah, I heard you say that at the expo. And I thought that I thought about that during especially, at the start line. You were, you, were, you, were negative, you were taking it easy. So even even more like exaggerated that pace wasn't hard. You had to really hold back. Yeah. And it's interesting, like when you're really trying to hold back on pace, like there's a point where you're like, all right, if I go much slower, this is actually going to become kind of difficult. Because there's that weird zone between running and walking where you're like, okay, I'm running really slow. Now this is just feeling weird on my knees. Yeah, you can actually sometimes you can walk faster than running. <laughs> I've noticed that in some trail running where I'm like, I'm better off walking. I, I, I usually feel that way around mile 23 or even like just going over the last along. bridge from the Bronx at mile 20. So, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely, it's, it's, it was fun out being out there. We had 51,000 runners, so we were, all, we were part of a world record. So we set a world record. Um, nice. So that's something if you, you know, a nice little joke for your coworkers. How'd it go? Oh, I set a world record. <laughs> wow, Billy's really good. That's right. Oh. All right, now I've got a couple of non-marathon related questions. Uh, Patty asks if there was a donut run in Brooklyn. What are your top five must-eat donuts? Ooh, I'm kind of old school. I like uh, the, the the jelly donut with a little powdered sugar. I had a jelly donut in, uh, during the marathon at mile ten. Did that help with the uh, first time I've ever had a donut during so a race? A, oh, so you ran the slowest in New York, but you're fastest with, while eating a donut. Yeah, first time I ever had a donut during the race. First time I ever negative split. 
Ooh, so you have correlation to have, definitely. You have, you have to have a donut every every race you. That's my new plan because it was delicious. Yeah, so that's probably my my. I like the again. I'm getting. I'm pretty basic in in, in old school uh, tips. Simple glazed. You're playing glazed. Uh, the the jelly. Um, maybe just the chocolate. I don't have a, a big variety of uh, a, a range of uh, donuts that I that I that I crave. It's those kind of staples. How about uh, yourself? One through five. All pink frosting with uh, sprinkles. So the same. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Just give me that. Oh well, I didn't know that. <laughs> so I would probably alternate between jelly, glazed jelly, glazed jelly. Yeah. No, I, I think I would go pink frosting with sprinkles. After that, uh, toasted coconut. After that, jelly, but not the powdered sugar, like the granular sugar. After that, the the coconut with the white coconut, not toasted. And then after that, Boston cream. Well, you were almost using my tactic with the flashes where uh, the, in your first answer. That is true. <laughs> just going, going back to the, the first time we podcasted <laughs> together, pre-run chat. Um, Don asks, is too much volunteering or running that is it too much volunteering or running that causes stress, stress fractures? Well, volunteering is actually trickier than it is. We had some uh, our friend Anthony here in the studio from Sound Lounge out there volunteering. It was lots of fun, but it's not. It's also hard work. Yeah, you're on your feet. You have to focus, and you're so. To Don's question, you know, coaching is tough. I've actually gained 20 pounds in the last five years coaching because you're not running. You're high fiving or, or have a watch, and you're yelling splits and do a lot of standing around. But uh, there is I thought that was all muscle, though, no? It was, yeah, <laughs> well, it's, it's, you know, it's kind of. All in the stomach muscle? Yeah, I have a big, it's, not, it's like a one-pack, it's <laughs> not like a six-pack or eight-pack. But, um, yes, too much too much of anything, I think, is bad. So, too much volunteering. Uh, if you're out there in the cold and you're volunteering, which which I think, it's the Don that I think of, it's the Don that went to my high school, he keeps following me, it's kind of a creepy stalker, but... Um, yeah, I mean, too much on your feet is not going to help. So if you're run do your training and you go stand around for a while, you're maybe not recovering as as, as much as you'd like or you should be. But um, maybe he should kind of back off some of the volunteering and see how. Because uh, this, I think he's been hurt twice in the last. I think he's had two boots in the last. I, I've seen him in two boots in the short amount of time. And not I've the known two boots him. pizza, which is delicious. It's, no, I would love to see him at two boots pizza because I would mean I'm at two boots pizza. Right, and then reading pizza, which is my Run favorite shot. food. Brought to you by two boots pizza. In my sponsorship dollars are pouring in, <laughs> but not if you're, this is Moby listening. It's not. Yeah, or just just, just kidding. We actually don't have any sponsors. Sound lounge. <laughs> we sound great. Huh? Uh, future guest. Allison Feller asks, if you could go for a run with anyone, who would it be? And now this is a tough question for you. You've been on runs. You've you've paced marathons with celebrities. Yeah, I think Allie Feller would be someone I'd like to run with. But I do work out with her, so that's probably maybe cheating a little bit. But And she will be on our show, so I'm just kind of making her feel really good. So she really definitely comes on the show. It doesn't back out. Very smart. Um, probably, I would say... Um, Someone like a Roger Bannister in his day. I mean, he's still living, but he first gentleman to break four minutes in the mile would mm. be pretty cool. Um, Prefontaine passed away in 1975, the year I was born. Mm. Uh, you know, he did a lot with amateur running and making it a pro, and and he was very kind of a, a renegade and a trailblazer. You know, with, when Nike first formed back in, in, the, in the day. So, I would say maybe Steve Prefontaine would be someone I would love to run with. Um, at least, I'm like, as a, like, it's easy for me to say runners because I've run with a bunch of, uh, like, you know, Kara Goucher and um, it, we had 
November Project uh, Friday before the marathon, and Kara was there last I saw year. That. Paul Ratcliffe came. So being in New York City and being around the marathon, you do see a lot of uh, you know Bart Yasso's will show up and some other folks. So it's I do I am I am able through just my career being able to run with some key kind of cool people. Uh, and Meb's on my team. You know, he runs for the New York Athletic Club, so I run with him a bunch of times. But I, I would guess uh, Steve Prefontaine, I guess, is my final answer. How about you? I I would say Kara Gaucher. Uh, I wasn't at that November Project workout, but I've, I've always admired her. She's one of my favorite athletes. Uh, I did go to her wedding. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. Name dropping. I just happened to be living in Colorado at the time and running running, running and circles. And really now are, state dropping, too. Yeah, you know. Colorado. Well, I was doing some altitude training. <laughs> gotcha. So, uh, I, I would pick... Got, gotcha? Is that a gaucho joke or no? no it, it is now. No. <laughs> so, but um, how about like non-runners? Non-runners? I would pick Bill Clinton. He was famous for running when during, or you know jogging during his time in the White House. Usually jogging to like McDonald's though. But um, yeah, I we, would say I would I would like to hang out with uh, Bruce Springsteen. So and maybe during he can be you can be listening to Born to Run while running would be oh, kind of cool yeah it's also the first or if you're running on back streets you can listen to backstreet his, boys i was going to say his song <laughs> back streets from the same album born to I run on the backstreet boys and uh bruce springsteen really today. not into the springsteen deep cuts I, don't <laughs> <know>. <laughs> I, I told you actually that's the first first album i ever bought was born in the usa ah so it was 1983 or 80, actually 84 so uh a little trivia there for you um <laughs> Uh, yeah, Springsteen would be an awesome person to run with. It, it, in that case, I would probably pick Dave Grohl, the lead singer of Foo Fighters, who I've had a man crush on for years. I don't even know if he runs, but that would just mean I'm hanging well, out with Everyone's a runner, Grohl. so they just choose not to run. So that's go. our next podcast. That is our next podcast. And I just, oh, sorry. I don't want to skip over any questions. We have one final question. This one comes from someone named Brian. Question, didn't you used to have a third host? I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, I don't I remember mean, a third host. Anthony's looking pretty good as a. <laughs> I, I do like Anthony behind the glass. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, it, he's definitely helped with the ambiance and the, uh, the, the, the 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 acoustics. So, uh, but uh, I think Brian's hanging out with uh, like mice and like ducks and minions and, and minions. Yeah. We do miss Brian and. Um, do you miss Brian? I hope he one day comes home from the West Coast. One day. One day. No rush, but uh, and then I think to wrap this up, it's there is the you know recovery. You definitely want to find a new goal. You know, sometimes coming off a marathon cycle, you've done all this volume, you've done less speed or at least specific speed that maybe will help you in a five k or ten k, and um, so pick a pick a goal. It doesn't have to be another marathon. Of course, like Billy mentioned earlier, if you had a bad day, didn't get your A B C D or Z goal, mm. you probably want to go out there and you know kind of prove yourself uh, you can do a certain goal but you can actually run some 5k's and 10k's and and even half marathons and still have that as prep for your next marathon cycle so you can do both uh kind of uh going you know hitting your your, your goal and also to kind of having like kind of smaller shorter races as to focus on i think is important i i think actually not hitting your goal is a great thing for a runner to do in the marathon you don't want to do it every marathon you do but my best marathon came the year after what felt like my worst marathon, where I missed my, I, I just went out way too early, uh, burned out at like mile 17, 
and how to do a combination of, of, of jogging and walking for the last like six or seven miles um, and missed my time goal by eight or nine minutes. But that whole year following that just drove my training and I ended up PRing every distance. There you from, go. From one mile to the marathon. That, that is good motivation. If you're looking for it, if you didn't hit that goal, yeah. you have to use that to fuel that fire. Yeah. Because like, let me tell you, when it, you, immediately following the race, yeah, you're in suck land. But um, <laughs> two weeks later, when you're running again, you just have that in the back of your head, and it just drives you to go out in December, you know, or even just hop on the treadmill in January if you're not running outside and, and not letting yourself fall out of form. Yeah, and if you had a really perfect race, you might forget an experience like that, and the next time out, yeah. you're like, oh, wait, this was so easy last time. So enjoy the fact that you had a great race, and the weather worked out, and you and you hit your PR, you're negative splitted. But um, Definitely. You know, a lot can go wrong in the end of a marathon. So uh, I had five marathons of just assuming that you just get faster each one, and then that sixth one I bombed out on, and then it made the seventh one the fastest for me. There you go. So a little patience there. Yeah. But definitely enjoy, you know, bask in the glory of, of what you've just accomplished. Uh, marathons, not many people do them. Less than um, 1% of the population. So you're part of that select group. And, uh, you know, don't rush to the next race or the next goal. Um, and you know, enjoy that structure or that lack that lack of structure and not getting a, a coaching email of that every day because uh, you just spent four or five months, you know, kind of being kind of on track with that and you maybe even your loved ones and your family support around you are like enough with this running like can you <laughs> just, I want my I want my husband back or I want my brother back cuz you know you you skipping parties and you're going to bed early and all those things so enjoy some lack of structure and then uh and then after a couple of weeks definitely you know find that next goal and go yeah. after that let let running refine you don't let it define you there you go words of wisdom from Host Billy. Yeah, I, I stole that from somebody. I don't know where. I think I saw it on Facebook one day. Hey, that works. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks. That's our, our marathon. Congratulations. Congratulations, definitely. Whether you hit your goal or not, um, marathon is a huge accomplishment. And if you're listening to this and you, you're wondering if you can run a marathon, we say yes and listen to one of our next podcasts that talk about uh, maybe tackling that marathon distance and how that might seem like a, a huge goal that you'll never... Uh, be able to do but uh we beg to differ and who knows maybe brian will be back next episode i uh, hope not we'll see all right thanks everybody